everybody, welcome to episode number 24 of Tactical Crouch. That's right, one away from 25, a quarter of the way to 100. We're, uh, we're almost there, boys. Uh, Tactical Crouch, of course, the competitive Overwatch podcast that almost always talks about Overwatch League, but sometimes doesn't, and you don't have to get your panties in a bunch if it does. Hint, do that. <laughs> so, just saying. This is going to be a very heavily Overwatch League podcast, though, today, of course. Myself, Yiska, Volamel, the normal crew. When's the last time we've had a normal crew show? It's it's, yeah, it's been, been a while. Eight or nine yeah. episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a special one. It's a special one. It's always fun to just kind of hang out with you guys. Yeah. yeah just yeah. you know, you can kind of unbutton the shirts a little bit, undo you know, wear your turkey Thanksgiving pants, let it all hang out. You don't have to look all presentable. Uh, yeah, Joe. Dress dress according to the stuff you like your yeah, bed sheets. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Nice. Li- live your that's life just of a, plaid. That's just an average day. Yeah, just live your life of plaid. Uh, it's hard you- out here, man. Nobody, nobody's, uh, nobody's, nobody's buying articles these days. So it's it's what you what you see is what you tell get. me about it. Tell oh, yeah. me about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your Oof. boys is broke. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should have gotten yeah. into the podcast game earlier. So much should've, money in the podcast game. I'm just kidding. That's true. In the podcast uh, game that is true. Uh, oof. Well, on a lighter note, welcome to the show. If this is your first time tuning in, you can find us everywhere by searching for Tactical Crouch. So on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, search for Tactical Crouch. And of course, on YouTube, search for Tactical Crouch as well, or it's on... Uh, the Kicked Tripod channel, and we stream live throughout the week at twitch.tv slash kicktripod. Follow us on Twitter at tactical underscore crouch. Yep, there I said it right, at tactical underscore crouch to know what day of the week we're going to be streaming it on because we can't be consistent <laughs> to save our life. <laughs> um, but yeah. We're busy boys, you know? So people to be, are doing two cleanses. Like, if you want to have guests in the Overwatch League, and the Overwatch League schedule itself switches so much, right? Like, last last week we didn't have Friday games. That made it possible for Dogman to be on the podcast, for instance, right? So, we kind of have to be flexible, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be flexible! But we're actually pretty good at getting them out every week, so you're welcome. Um, other than that, though, let's let's talk about uh, what's been going on recently. We saw a couple of moves, just just little moves in Overwatch League. First, Arc main support for NYXL, who's kind of been riding the bench since Animo came in, going to Washington, going to Washington D.C. He's going to be on the Justice with his former pals, or still probably pals, but his former teammate uh, Janice and. Analyst now head coach uh, Wizard Young. So, Joe, what's your take on this one, man? You know, we we talk about him going to jail and uh, Washington being this you know bottom tier team. And to be fair, I think that's pretty accurate. You know, you you win one game, and I don't think you're necessarily top tier. To be fair, um, but moving Arc to Washington is pretty interesting. I think they are on the cusp of like trying to be competitive and having somebody that has some form of shot calling experience to kind of guide them because I've been a little like a smidge higher on them than most people I'd say that I think they set up very well 
but they don't engage on things that they could possibly abuse. You know, there's windows presented to them that they don't actually like abuse or or actually like engage into. Um, They kind of want to play this, this NYXL style. It kind of works for them. And I think adding arc to this roster improves them um, in that style. And just overall mechanically, Um, Fozix hasn't, been my favorite main support um there are other issues so this is not going to make them some sort of playoff team or maybe even middle of the pack but i think um stage two with an easier schedule stronger shot calling presence stronger main support this is just uh you know gonna gonna play very well for them come stage two so it was my understanding that um the original plan for dc was always to have arc go with janice and that yeah that was the kind of rumor uh, be- because of the surprise budgetary uh, cuts or whatever it was with um, what they had versus what they thought they had. They didn't make it happen until after stage one. My question though, and I don't know if either of you know this. I can't remember the last time that I've really seen an ex- like got an extensive look at arcs Lucio. That's, is, that's a big question mark. So like, that's the question mark for me. Is he actually better than Fazix? Like, and I've, I've gone through and I've tried to look for when he was playing Lucio. And honestly, it felt so far, so long ago in such a different meta that I'm like, he, he might be a Lucio God. I would assume not, but he might be, but unless it's a mercy meta, is this actually a valuable pickup over Fazix? Yiska? So individually, uh, you you have to say that yes. So there's different aspects to this. Um, as I try to find uh, a picture, you know. Okay, to okay, never mind. Let me let me roll this up this way. Okay. Ark is a much better player than Fazix is overall as a main support, as a shot caller, and he has true language accessibility, possibly ability to translate, right? That's yeah. huge. I already thought in the offseason that Ark would be one of the most uh, sought-after talents in the Overwatch League for that reason. NYXL looked like they wanted to have Animo, so that would be something interesting. Now, here's the problem. The first asking price for Ark was 300k. That was first asking price. Interesting. Second asking price, then they went down to 230k from my sources. Then they, I think they offered someone 200k, I'm not 100% certain on that. And then nobody bit. What changed is my question. Did they drop the uh, buyout fee considerably? I don't think NYXL would actually do that from, from their business practices that have shown. But how is that possible with the approach that uh, DC has taken towards buyout fees so far? So to, to be fair, we we have seen budgets change throughout even the preseason. You know, there was a team coming into this that we were told, and you'll know this team once I mention it, that do not expect much from this team because they're they have a very stringent budget. So don't don't expect anything from this one team. Now, as we see, this team is actually doing fairly well. I'm mm. not going to name names, but their budgets do play a role in building these teams. So has there been an increase on the budget because of how mm. underperforming they have been? Was this the plan all along? Who knows? Yeah. Right. Here's the thing. If it's even 150K, you get three players from Europe with very comparable 
uh, sorry, not comparable skill sets, but that are a higher upgrade. And also, you could probably still go to Korea and probably overall improve the performance of your team on several levels. I, I don't think, and I don't know the price point, and I also don't know what Ark's salary is. I don't know if he's, he's going towards minimum or whatever. No, no idea here, right? So there, there are factors, variables in that entire equation, which we don't know, so we can't assess the deal. But what I'm saying is, if we assume that Ark commands a salary that is, you know, respectful of his accomplishments, mm -hmm. and his buyout is accordingly to the numbers I mentioned before, I don't see it being a good investment in comparison to what you could have gotten uh, for your money. And I think also especially because more. Lucio is a... Yes, I agree. I agree. Like the Lucio, we have to wait and see. But I think overall, like you mentioned previously, um, if he has any kind of shot calling potential, you know, Wizard probably will know that there's probably a reason why they've spent, you know, X amount of money, whatever that might be. Um, but I will say, I think we should temper expectations on who we'd be able to get from Europe. Um, because if we want anybody from teams like Giganti, Samsung, um, British Hurricane, you're going to be paying a sizable buyout. And that's kind of where I think people tend to kind of, uh, their, their mind tends to wander to is like, oh, these are the top teams. This is who we want. We want Davin and we want, we want this guy and this guy. Like those guys have like pretty considerable buyouts, I would imagine. Um, I don't think anybody's letting them go. Could you still get people from unsigned teams that are still doing fine? Uh, more than likely, and I think you could even do that in in North America. The the interesting thing to me is is right. Arc, in my mind, was always the one puzzle piece that is very much like the rest of the picture for the San Francisco Shock. Mm. They have a hybrid roster. They are going for top performers. They only have one main support. They are. Yep sometimes playing five Koreans, it would have been, you know, like the perfect piece, even if you decide to play Sinatra the entire time, as well as, let's say, Super, then you have someone that can communicate between them. Now, it's, of course, less of an issue because much of these Korean players have already played an entire season last season with a, a hybrid roster, so it's less of a, an important thing. But, um, yeah, that's very interesting. And also tells you how highly they regard Moth, yep. I think. I think that definitely... Yeah, we've heard <laughs> very good things about Moth, and I think I, we can't stop piping him up because I don't think you really get to see how important main supports are to the comm structure and, and what he really does for that team. So again, if you, if you aren't high on Moth now, get some. I think you, you really need to be paying attention. Here's the third thing. They have three main supports now. Yeah, Hyanu, Fazix, and Ark. Yep. Yes. So what's going on there? I put out a, a question, uh, like a, a request for comment. Haven't gotten anything back, but that is interesting. I'm not convinced actually that Ark is hundred percently the main support for them. I think there's a way, a scenario where he becomes the flex support. I'm not one sure. Of one of the two. What like I, that, I, it's a very low, yeah. very low percent chance. Like, but yeah, it's still strange. Yep. I don't know too. I think, and I can't remember where I heard this, but I I, I heard a rumor that they were they were looking at uh, Fazix going back to flex. 
Possible. Um, yeah. So, I mean, maybe maybe that's uh, something that's in the work, but I, I don't have confirmation of that. So, um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's talk about this other one, though, because uh, you guys watch a ton of Contenders Korea. So, a little uh, bit. Soul Dynasty <laughs> picking up Illicit and Highly. And, um, I mean, Korea for me is, is I, I won't even say anything for this part. <laughs> all, all, so all I know is that highly pretty stellar Zenyatta player overall. Yeah. Um, really good actually against Sombra, like, uh, something that I saw that he was, that he had done often was he just is like a Sombra killer, which is kind of nice to have in your Zen. Yeah. And then uh, some, like, you know, struggling with positioning stuff are the kind of the big three things that I heard about with a strong uptick at the end of Contenders Season 3. And then for Illicit, Projectile DPS, um, for Blossom, right? Yep. But as we know, Projectile DPS aren't really not super, necessarily super needed at the important moment. right now, but <laughs> I guess we'll see from there. That's, that's, so there's your, like, your spark note. Now here's the actual analysis <laughs> and I'll let uh, either one of you guys, I don't care. Take it away. Tell us do what this think, means. Is this a good, do is you this think good? highly really was needed at the moment? Because I've, I've always been very hesitant on Jay Hong after apex season three. I think there's been a slow decline and now at least in the goats meta, they're kind of getting it back together. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's doing fine. I don't think it's necessarily stressing him out too much. Like he hasn't been underperforming at all. I think he's been, pretty fine and he can still even flex onto the Ana at times highly is the weird one i think illicit is fine you really? need another dps i think illicit was i think illicit's far is sick i think his projectile again sure. he's very much a a stage three stage four like different meta player mm-hmm. but for the long-term success of the team i think he's he's quite good i heard that he can frag i heard he's a little bit inconsistent but when he turns it on he turns it on yeah, I think as far as like, very good, very good. So, do you just have Fleda locked in as hit scan then, or could you could play? I mean, you have two incredibly flexible players. Fleda probably can play anything you want him to really put on. Like, you can play Widow, you can play Far, you can play Genji, Tracer. Probably could play Sombra to a decent level. Munchkin, I would imagine, probably gets in probably as your mandatory hit scan i that leads that's how i would put it so you have illicit and then munchkin being your rotator and having flutta stay within the team and just it depends on the meta though you know do you need yeah. such a flexible player do you just need the widow god depends yeah in my mind it's because okay so they have four dps now right they flutter they have munchkin who's only oh, and fits. I keep forgetting about fits. and fits. Yes. Yeah. And now I actually don't know what fits is anymore. <laughs> like, I, did we ever figure that out at the start? Because there was rumors that he was playing flex support and this, that, the other thing. Like he was yeah. moving around day in and day out. So I don't know what this kid's doing. Yeah. So I, I th- thought he was sort of like that projectile, but I guess that isn't as much the case anymore. And he's really just like a um, emergency tool for anything. So like a Huxal type character mm. um, where we don't know what kind of qualities he has. So if he's even close to Huxal, of course, but <coughs> my bad. Um, 
Yeah, it, I think the pick, illicit pickup is not necessarily hmm, the one I would have directly taken. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm still not convinced of uh, Munchkin as much. I think I would have put pressure on him rather than Flutter. But then again, we'll see. It's not like we can really uh, realistically say what the current status quo or form of a DPS player is in this meta other mm. than... And if we can, then it's probably the Zarya player, right? Yeah. And even there, yeah. It's, There's a lot of... It's, it's mostly decision-making and where you're shooting, where you're standing. It's not some there is a sense of spatial awareness to it and that's kind of what i just mentioned but like it's not to the degree of like what we had in the dive meta mm. um, so yeah i totally agree with you mm. fair enough i don't want to spend too much time on these pickups because we do have a ton to talk about obviously oh, yeah. with uh, uh stage one playoffs coming up so let's let's move on to that. Let's talk about the playoff seating for a second because holy crap was this a cluster uh, on on multiple levels, but also, man, I, I don't know. So here's here's the TLDR for for those of you at home. The third and fourth seeds, and I hope I type this up right because like I have to type it up just to make sure that I get all the teams right. Third and fourth seeds were up for grabs between Toronto and Philly, right? So they were tied. Six and seven seeds were up for grabs between San Francisco and Seoul. They were tied as well. The winner of the San Francisco San Francisco Seoul match would play the Defiant, while the loser would go up against NYXL. On the flip side, the winner between Toronto and Philly would play against the winner of Shock Soul, presumably Shock, while the loser plays against Atlanta Reign. So, in a normal situation, this would go to a, uh, like a, a tiebreaker match with the winner getting the higher seed. However, in the case of Toronto-Philly, the situation meant that the winner would likely play San Francisco and the loser would play Atlanta. So you're kind of incentivized, right? So it creates an incentive to lose, essentially. because of this, So because of this, a coin flip was chosen as the method to decide who uh, plays who. Did I, did I snag that right? Hmm. Yep. So, so. so the team think, it is it is so weird, but I'm pretty sure yeah. that's right. So basically, long story short, uh, the winning team would have to play the better team. So neither team wanted to win, so they'd play Atlanta, and that obviously creates a competitive conflict. And so yeah. both teams instead decided to go with a coin flip. So let's 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 talk about. Uh, I mean. So where do you start with this? So number one, uh, the the tiebreaker match wasn't streamed, uh, nope. which is which is a bummer. But it was uh, recorded though. It was recorded. Uh, Are they going to be? I would I would hope so. And casted, yeah, and casted. So they're just going to post it on later. Maybe. Why would they cast it? That's bizarre. I why not stream it at that point? I mean, you had the community countdown. I'm sure Jane broadcast GG. There's somebody out there willing to stream this match. I guarantee it. Why not? Why not? Maybe maybe it's at the request of teams to not give him enough information. Possible. Possible. That's fair. I think that's also one one of the better arguments against uh, a serious tiebreaker. Mm, Definitely. Definitely. I can see a world where. We actually do follow the rule book here. 
we'll get into this um and these up these matches are streamed and it, it does kind of put you at a disadvantage so again something to kind of think about do we want to change these rules i don't know i'm not overwatch league brass but if it was up to me i probably would so mm. yes, yeah, so let's talk about let's talk about each of these matches. Let's talk about the show match first, or not show. I keep wanting to say show match, but the tiebreaker match that wasn't streamed. I mean, is that so? From from a format perspective, does that feel ideal for you? Two teams tied in um, in win loss and in map differential. It does is a tiebreaker ideal there? A, a tiebreaker match. I think it's fine. I think there's other ways that this could probably have been solved that were a little bit more neat. I think the obvious one is either map wins or you just allow the top four seeds to just pick their opponents. You seed them accordingly, one through four, and then they can just choose their opponents. You get a little bit more marketing out of that. If somebody makes uh, you know, a ballsy play, go for it you know we can hype it up it's it's you know something that we can talk about um, but those two immediately remove all of this discussion and any kind of coin toss mishaps they do unless you get like four and five tying right yeah if you tie all the way down to map wins of then um you're gonna need you know something else and then maybe a tiebreaker off stream is is fine but you can't just i don't know i i don't like the i i think it's fine if you want to have like a gentleman's agreement to like okay fine go for a coin a coin toss that's you know that's up to you guys but why have rules at that point you have a rule book why don't we just follow the rules i don't know seems very bizarre yeah the thing is like with this tiebreaker rule i can already tell you i'm going to hate it when Teams only, for instance, there are teams that will only play each other in the first and in the fourth stage. Yep. So you're going to tell me that we are going to decide tiebreakers, or even worse, let's say they play twice in stage one, like um, uh, Fuel and Shanghai, right? Sure, sure. Let's say they have a tiebreaker for, let's make it as bad as season playoffs mm -hmm. or stage playoffs for, yeah. Yeah, okay, like, let's say season playoffs, right? Now you're determining... Oh, like, oh, okay, for season playoffs, it would be different. Let's say stage three playoffs, because they are still playoffs. Now you have almost two entire stages between that. The meta is very different, and you're going to tell me that it's going to produce the better matches by taking a tiebreaker, a direct tiebreaker between these teams from stage one? Yep. There's no way this is sensical. Like, I, I heard Monty say this is going to be solved because there's going to be more uh, data uh, over the next stages, which is fair. There's a more likely um, scenario of, you know, not splitting in maps, for instance, because there's just more maps. Sure. But direct comparisons that you then have are terrible yes. in comparison. Head unless they happen in that very stage, right? Yes. Like, taking season um uh results in general like i i don't like that tiebreaker because it is not the reality of overwatch for all we know for instance let's say that scenario let's make it even more ridiculous and say it's the outlaws the outlaws get sold before stage two starts a new investor comes in scratches all the stuff all the players and it's a shallow thing that's completely possible by the way 
and since they're players, and, and you're going to tell me they have to carry the burden that Stage 1 Outlaws left for them? It's like, it's, it's such a weird tiebreaker rule that is so alien to the realities of Overwatch and the Overwatch League otherwise rule set, right? So in that regard, I think tiebreakers are a necessity sometimes, though I'm sympathetic to the problems of it being um, very expensive to uh, produce another one like this right <clears throat> i guess like let's just finish the point because i feel like i have to get on a hill here i'm actually i'm actually glad that we got to talk about this specific point otherwise i would have had to write about it and there's like a meta discussion behind this very thing mm -hmm. where i feel like if i had written about it it would have come off very angry but yeah let's let's this, talk about the this does thing. feel like a lot like last season when we were having the stage playoffs following that Sunday, right? Where it was just like, oh, we should have thought of this earlier. It's it's like, okay, when does the buck stop? Where, you know, we should have thought of this earlier it happens every season. Where we're having uh, teams that have a direct head-to-head -head comparison now are playing for stage four or stage three um, playoff seating. Or that's how it's decided, even though they've played in the playoffs and stages previous. So... Let's say we have a direct head-to-head -head comparison in the regular season that my team's poor at, but I beat Iska's team later on in the season in the playoffs, in the stage playoffs, right? Those don't count. But because our teams only play once a season because we're in separate divisions, my team gets to go ahead or whoever's whoever was positive in that you know hypothetical. And I think there, there's just you don't want to have to do this like where like there's it seems and again i can't imagine what it takes to run a league but there, it seems like there's a little there's a little there's a little bit of foresight missing with some of these rules where it's like okay well we have rules why are we doing a coin flip why aren't they streamed how do we know the validity of them like there's i don't know it's 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 a whole it's a mess that people are going to bring up for a while and it's it's always something it's always something it's it's really weird. Um, Yiska, I know you wanted to... So uh, you're talking about the coin flip? That's what you wanted to get onto? Or no? Did I miss I mean, it's, it's the pef perfect metaphor for the issues that we're seeing with Overwatch League as a run league, right? Like just this stage one. Think of the amateur mistakes that would have been outrageous for a go for Overwatch tournament or in anywhere month leaving league, right? I'm not even angry. I'm really just disappointed at this point. So we start off with fusions, right? Somehow this gets lost in the sauce that people are like not eligible and the rule itself is super weird and the, the, like the transparency in it. And then even if, if you put some of the blame on the teams, then somehow it is initially the case that even if you sign them onto full contracts, that they then still can't play and then they have to change those rules as if that w had ever made sense. I want to stop you there real fast. The fact that you can have a two-way player contract without an academy team boggles my mind. Continue. Yes. That. By the way, people don't know this. A lot of these teams that don't have academy teams have people on two-way player contracts for some reason because they all thought that the two-way player thing was completely different. And they wanted to have that optionality if they did decide at some point in the season that they wanted to have a contingency. So that, that goes wrong, right? B 
before that, we had all these problems before. I, like, I already knew we were going to run into problems when I was asked at TakeOver why I was drinking a beer behind the camera. Like, like their expectations of how a tournament run are A, idealistic, and B, sometimes so really unfortunate, right? So you decided to be a tournament organizer, and you're telling me that you don't have all the rules made up by the time the tournament is running, and you're, you're, having your, you're giving yourselves the, the optionality in rules to when it comes to the problem that should be all figured out before the season starts these th things could be massively important for some teams mm -hmm. in fact look at defined now these these stage playoffs are way too high priced now that you put this up to like such a ridiculous situation I, the way that then this could conflict it's it's unreal to me so First, they say on Twitter that uh, Toronto should be heads, right? <laughs> so he's, Nate Nenzer then says Philly should be heads. He throws the coin and doesn't catch it. It's like the perfect metaphor for how, how they run the league sometimes. Not going to lie. You're not supposed to catch a coin flip, by the way. Even then, you, like the coin wasn't on the floor, right? Right. It needs to be. You just you flip it and you let it fall on the floor yes. in the middle of a football field. Where, where you let <laughs> physics and not players' feet take care of it. But yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, and this is also after we've had, honestly, the amount of people that need to be punished in the Overwatch League but aren't, even though the, the violations are available to the League office, is mind-boggling. There's so much boiling under the surface. What do you, what do you mean surface. by that? So are you saying that there are currently players who have violated Overwatch League rules who... The there are players about? currently in the Overwatch League that have boosted open teams. And there's evidence for that. Ready at, at the commissioner's office. It's not rank boosting. It's open division boosting. So like, are you, so like Overwatch League players while on an Overwatch League, are playing on no, no, Open no, Division okay, beforehand. To before. be fair. So, but in the past, beforehand. they were you know not yes. in Overwatch League, but Overwatch League level, level players yes. playing under the names of other Open Division team players. Yes. Then what apparently very often happens is that you get a specific score, and then you sell the team for 300 bucks or something. Doesn't Stuff like this. <laughs> Yeah, no, it doesn't, but this is cheating. Go run to the auction house and wow and farm yeah. some gold, dude, because I make yeah. way more money than that. So, yeah. not real money, yeah. blizzard bucks, but you know what I'm saying. Also, like, the, just the amount of account boosts, you have no idea. Like, I, I, okay, there I sympathize because it's very hard to find out. Some of the stuff I know is not hard to find out. It's all there already, right? And has been known. So... That in itself is problematic. So, and then that rules are somehow malleable is. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I'm just really disappointed into in something like this, no. especially because they also have the talent, the veterans mm -hmm. in that company in, in the MLG mm -hmm. stuff. I can't believe they are being utilized. To be fair, to be fair, I, I will stop you there. I did listen to um, the Deserto podcast, small plug for them with Richard Lewis and uh, Sundance Di Giovanni, who was the former head of MLG, kind of this, you know, the grandfather of that, that whole baby. Um, something that he mentioned in that podcast is what they they were in they, they Activision Blizzard intimated to them that they were going to be brought in and used. Apparently, that wasn't the case. And he was paid. He specifically, I can't speak for everybody else, but he was paid roughly two years to be a professional skier. Hmm. A professional professional what? Skier. Skier. Yep. He was he was paid to basically just not work and, and just leave. All right. Now, now to to Yiska's point, you know, he can come off on on a hill and and, and die for for this cause and and just you know berate Blizzard all he wants. Yeah, but it's consistent. If we go back to Takeover Two, did we like Best of Oasis? Best of One Oasis, Yiska? No, we, we you guys complained about it, and it was it was you know this isn't something that we're just oh well Blizzard should know better. It's not that he's picking on Blizzard and we're picking on Blizzard because I kind of support no. what he's saying. This is this is something that if a random TO would have, we'd be up in arms. This is yeah. dumb. Fix this. Fix this. You know, this is something we would fight for. This yeah. isn't just because it's Blizzard. Oh, we're, we're nitpicking Blizzard. No, no. This is okay. just something that's silly and it should be changed. Here's the thing. Here's how you fix it all. Very easy fix. You put the rule book out and crowdsource <laughs> yes. issues. Like literally there will be nerds outside some of them are on this podcast, they will read the rule book and tell you this is a stupid idea for these reasons. And by the way, in this, I already failed myself because I should have probably called out the seven, sta seven match uh, stage thing sure, where yes. the, the, um, the scheduling destroys some of the stage playoffs com completely. There's like by quality of team, for instance, Soul should absolutely not be in playoffs. Just if we look at how well they played and how well other play teams played, for instance, right? That's in itself is an issue. That, but that is then on us. We, we can't complain some, if some, we know that uh, has happened. A bit, uh, to a degree, yes. I would agree that, you know, if we're going to complain and moan and, you know, berate Blizzard, we have to participate in the rulebook. That is, to be fair, public, but now everything's malleable. Now we don't have to play matches. Now we can coin flip. So what are the rules? Do we have the rules? Is this updated? Is this public now? Like, is this what we're going to go by from here on out? I don't know. This is, we need to have like a, a, a town hall. Like what's happening? What's going on? Is mm. this what we're going by? Because if this is the case, then here are the problems. But if it's yeah. not, what is? That's, that's generally like, that's even a lower level meta point. I think the product of Overwatch League would not only be much improved, but also generate more revenue if Overwatch League gave up more responsibility towards community projects, give access to stats, don't shut them down, give access to rules, let people figure it out who, who are just into this, right? Let people do the, um, the you know, highlight cuts mm -hmm. who do them very well. To be and, fair, it sounds like that may be changing, that there may be going yes. through, and this kind of um, is a bigger Blizzard thing that I, I've noticed that they've been a little bit more active with the PTR as of late. 
right? Yeah. This last patch has gone through a couple iterations, a couple of different changes that haven't made it to live. Great. You know, there maybe there's being work done with the action esports guys, and maybe they will be able to continue doing their highlights. Great. This is awesome. Why does it always have to be like a constant fight? Mm. Why does it have to be like, no, this is all mine. This is, you know, we don't trust anybody. I get it. I, I definitely understand where you're coming from, but like there are people out there that do a good job with your stuff and then somehow it just goes away that we don't ever know. The thing is, Blizzard doesn't have to, they can think far back, but they can also think back to the like the recent past of just how much more enriched their communities in esports were by the participation of community by having the it it like it starts with like trying to get StarCraft 2 to work as an uh, as yeah. a spectator sport building tools there then there's in Warcraft 3 there's Walk TV and Winamp and we can cast games in the actual client in like before the 2000s or something like no shortly after but um then we we move to like uh, you know World of Warcraft, and we have add-ons there, and yeah. that make the game more fun and more playable and more watchable. And, like people's crowdsourced AI solutions and stuff. Like, and it it keeps moving on, and suddenly there's like this brick wall with big investors where they're saying, okay, we want we need to do this all, so we can say later we want to monetize this. It's like it's very unlikely that you're going to have the manpower to take all the the regions of the entire product of the Overwatch League. If you just like like a good parent, just let the kids do their work, they will figure stuff out for you and your product or everything else will multiply in value because people will participate more. Cool stuff will happen, right? The only thing where this is currently happening is almost more in the T level where you allow fan groups to organize themselves or whatever, right? And don't try to force them under the team umbrella or whatever, right? And look what comes out of that. Like the, are they called the Venoms for NYXL? Yeah, five deadly stuff venoms. Like five deadly Venoms. I guarantee you, I, I would be shocked not to hear that they are being picked up for the 2020 season. Like a, a couple members from their event organizing staff um, planning this, that, the other thing, because it's going to be on the teams. Nate Nanzer has publicly said, this is going to be on the team's behalf that you run ticket sales, you run your event planning. We'll take care of the broadcast. You have to run home games they've been doing this for the past two years that's it's it's what esports is run on this unlikely story of esports of competition on video Game games, games yeah. does only work because the communities create value around the teams look at how other game developers like wealth can be so cost effective and so highly profitable per per um employee by letting others handle the reins and yes they won't get all the tournament profits right sure. but they i mean to be fair to to be fair to valve and and that whole discussion there there are another slew of problems that come yes up. there that, is no like infinite a, best solution right there is no truth here. yes it's sure, just sure. picking which side is if right. there's a there, if there's a spectrum between hands off wealth that yeah. might as well yeah. just be gods where we don't even know they if they exist or not or authoritarians mm -hmm. on the other side in terms of the Overwatch League as it presents itself, at least to me and my, you know, understanding of esports. Sure. Yes. That, like, there has to be more of a middle ground. We have to get, give way where I'm sure will developer teams also want their 
you know, developers to integrate themselves. So certainly other t uh, regions also have, or other games have problems. But yeah, we like once we move to the middle, I think the viewership is even going to be uh, much higher. And also it will help the game itself in like people want to create, participate in culture, but create culture themselves. And if we stifle that development, that is not the, the driving force behind esports you know, the, the wind in your sails that you are using there. Inspiring yep. stuff. Inspiring stuff. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> We've got some, <laughs> we're going to hard transition here. Getting Talk of, about of some hill, matches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take a bow. We're going we're gonna to talk about some of the matches here a little bit. And um, we're going to start. So uh, stage playoffs start tomorrow. It's going to be... Two matches per day instead of the normal, can't believe it, four. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so uh, we're going to have it over two days, and then seeds are going to get, well, essentially everything's going to get reseeded. So let's talk about this for a second. So playoffs get reseeded in the semifinals. So the highest seed retain that's still in after the quarterfinals gets placed to the highest seed in the semis. So, for example... If NYXL were to lose and Titans were to win, Titans would take the number one, the top seed in uh, the, the, the semifinals. So those get reseeded. That's why we don't know who is exactly going where. Thoughts on that? First well, of we all. know we know where they're going in the quarters. We just don't know where we're going in the semis. Right. We know where they're going in the mm -hmm. quarters, and we're going to talk about yes. the quarters today. Reseeding? I like reseeding, if that's the question. I, I, I don't mind. Other than reseeding headlines. True. Don't like those. <laughs> Bald is beautiful, though. So. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Shout out to Sideshow at this point. Keep gluing that. Hey, keep gluing. Yeah, keep gluing that on. <laughs> Tanner Show was a beautiful sight. Hopefully we get to see uh, some of uh, Tanner Show on the broadcast one day. We'll see. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about these matches a little bit. I'm going to make you, as we did kind of in um, a couple of other weeks where we've actually talked about the upcoming matches, make you stick your money where your mouth is and make you choose a team that you think is going to win. Let's start with NYXL and Seoul. And first, let's go around the table before we start with anything else. Who Who's winning NYXL versus Seoul? I'm already going to say it. We're, we're, going, we're going NYXL for sure for me. Joe? Yes. Yeah, okay. Next. NYXL. Anything Easy that we want to say about this one at all? Or are we good? Easy 3-0. This should be pretty quick. Um, Soul has looked better coming into week five, but yeah, no, this should be pretty easy. Um, New York is a weird machine that doesn't seem to have very many flaws. They started kind of a little slow with the GOATS meta, leaning a little bit too much on the Sombra. And now I can't pinpoint where I would go to kind of break that team down. I think I have a, a better idea with Titans. New York, I have no idea. I don't know how to beat this team. You play anything into them, they seem to have the answer. Um, maybe it's that their style is very obvious. That it's it's very much studied that they play very passive. They play very reactive. And nobody's been able to figure it out. I have no idea. But uh, this is... Easy for New York. This should be light work. 
So Souls four wins in stage one were Spitfire, Justice, Hunters, and Gladiators. So all non-playoff teams. Not the best teams. Gladiators, no. to be fair, gladiators looked better towards one. the end. Gla- and again, gladiators but this was still like messy gladiators. Mm. You know, mm. and, and yeah, so it's just uh not, not sorry, so well congratulations, you made your first stage playoffs. That's yeah, great. Something, something strength of schedule. Here's is, the rest of the is, week. Yeah. Go practice stage two. Jeez. So, sorry, Bess. All right, let's go to let's go to number two. <laughs> I I mean I'll have to do it right away, and that's gonna be Titans for me. Yiska. Titans. Titans. Joe. Yeah, it's Titans. All right. Fair enough. I didn't expect much else, to be fair. <laughs> but I do want to talk a little bit more about this because it is like, is there Yiska in your mind? Is there like, what, what does Boston need to do here? They just barely sneaked into playoffs, had a a very interesting stage one overall um, with, with, you know, some, some different players coming into the mix. Is this a team that you think like, is there something that they can turn on or do or capitalize on the Titans to walk away with a win here? Any way you can mathematize it. So the the only situation where Vancouver looked mortal was when they they didn't need the win anymore to get to stage playoffs. And then again, by the way, I catch myself in this argument. Like, don't think this. It isn't about the stage (laughs) playoffs. It's about the season playoffs, you stupid idiot. Okay. Um... But, of course, they would want to win against Chengdu. It's not like, okay, we're qualified for stage playoffs. No, no, you want those wins for season playoffs. And I'm sure they're much smarter than me in, in these uh, thoughts, right? But, um, yeah, and then they looked weak when it was off-meta picks against them. Yeah. DPS comps. That's, that's where I was headed, you know, when I was talking about New York. Titans look mortal when you play DPS comps. Now, do they slowly adapt to it? Yes. Is it something that they're, I'm sure that they realize is a weakness? Yes. Are they practicing it? I would imagine so. Can Boston pull that out, though? I don't know. I think that their quality is just, like, in, in their goats itself and then in, in specifically fusions. Um, I'm not sure if that is very transferable. So, for instance, if we were to say, okay, we put color hex on something DPS-y, uh, where you would likely look better. Have you been better. practicing that all season, though? Do you just wing it and, like, that... Hail Mary, like, hope? Because you're not going to beat them in GOATS. Yeah. You're not going to beat them in the mirror. Cause it, and you tell me if, I, if I'm maybe off, off color here, because I feel like they're very similar in terms of how they're built, right? Very frontline heavy, very much focused on their Rhine. Is their Zarya player amazing? No, gets the job done though. Very much a frontline focus, very much a Rhine focused team. Mm. You, you, you're, you're literally, this is a literal mirror match. Just Boston isn't as clean. Mm. Fair. So you need something. You need to throw a wrench in it. Could you yeah. see them pull out some DPS picks? Maybe. Is it going to matter? I don't think so. Yes. I think Vancouver might be even looking past them. Maybe they drop a map because they're looking past them. I could see that. I think they are they can be a little bit confident, I would say. Maybe a little bit, you know, hubristic. But uh, I'll give them, I think it's a best of five, so maybe like a 3-1. Maybe they drop a map early because they're... I could see them take What in percentages? What about percentage? Percentage, if we're going like Winston's lab model, like 75, 15. 
That's 25, whatever it is. 75, yeah, what? like eight, <laughs> yeah. 70, 75 to 80. Here 20. we go. Yeah, yeah somewhere there. Quick maths. <laughs> Quick maths, boys. Yeah. Where do you put it, Yiska? 25. Yeah, sure. I think that's fair. 80, 20 even, maybe. Yeah, I think sure, I, I sure. lean a little bit more towards 80, 20. I just, I'd love to see it happen, though. I really would. Uh, let's go to the next one then, because I feel like these last two are a lot more fun to postulate. Mm-hmm. So Philly versus Atlanta. Um, Yiska, we'll let you start here. Where do you land on this one? Both those teams are so hard to read. And what? What happened? Nothing, nothing. Continue. Okay. Um, so um, both those teams had such unpredictable uh, stages. They had not the hardest. Uh, I think they are a team with the two of the easiest schedules uh, this season, if I'm not mistaken. So that in itself. Then also Fusion had to play with boom uh, without Boombox half the city. What is going on, you guys? I'm getting flamed in chat. Continue. Okay. Ignore me. All right. Um, and then. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's about the. And math. then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And. Um, um yeah and atlanta itself is a is a bag of skittles right so yeah can you read the rainbow overall throughout the season i would have to say atlanta takes this philly has not looked not they have not built the confidence in me that i think they could it's very much a team that wants to play a certain style but is kind of fighting against it um much in the same way that chengdu and seoul have kind of like either picked their color or just kind of you know worked on the fundamentals um philly could be another one of those teams sato infinitely looks more comfortable on the winston i would say performs better on the winston i would tend to say you could draft strategies around that i you know we, we've talked to christopher before they seem to be a lot very very confident in their winston goats i think you could run that you could catch people off guard they're going to have to practice specifically against you on that do they make that transition in this game no i don't think so i think that's, that's going to be much more of a, a multi not multi-stage but like a stage decision that okay this is the way we're going to play this stage Atlanta historically throughout this the regular season has looked better. Um, their last match, I can't remember who it was against. Um, not great, not great. wasn't wasn't super happy with that. Um, towards the end, I think I, I think um, was it Rialto? They looked a little bit better, but for the most part, was a little sloppy. I think this is this is a game that Atlanta can win though. Not easy, not easily, but they'll they'll make it through. Are you saying Atlanta? Yeska, who are you saying? You're with Atlanta as well? No, I'm saying Philly. Philly? I'm saying Philly 65. I'll say 60-40 Atlanta. All right. So so for me, I mean, man, Philly just like, and again, they haven't had boombox, but the only reason the Mayhem aren't the worst team in the league are because of Philly. 
Like, <laughs> so, like, no, they are the worst team in the league. Let's be honest. Like, they did lose. Just so, uh, there's, there's, you know, Philly definitely rode the strength of the schedule. They played Valiant, DC, Mayhem, and Lost, Eternal, and Spitfire, all bottom six teams, which is to me just insane. Uh, the only playoff team calibers that they played were the Fuel, three-one loss, and they. Barely beat the rain earlier on. I think that rain wins that same matchup today. So I do think that the rain um, have it. I mean, rain, you know, like they beat defiant, which is pretty sweet. They uh, made a nice clean win of uh, Florida, which is something that uh, Philly couldn't do. So, you know, if you like those attrition, attrition justifications, you've got a couple there. Um, yeah. I'm going to go rain here. I think, I think, <laughs> I think this one was, it, it was tough Maybe. though. Cause at no, the same this time, is, this is a perceptive, like deceptively hard. This is, this is not an easy match yeah. to call because both teams have been very shaky towards the end of the regular season. So and we've definitely we'll seen teams, especially Philly, definitely even they, out, they, outperform their stage performances they get a when, playoff when games yeah. are on you know, the line. That yeah. That's my point also. Yeah. So I, they're very good at prep. I yeah, I just like I for, for me, I'm not picking Hopefully. Philly because they <laughs> should have been better. That whole stage. Yes. They just should have been yes. better. They definitely didn't play up to their potential. I think Rain might be slightly playing above their potential, but I think they should get rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by I think they should, it, it means that I arbitrarily picked them. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you didn't do bad. I don't know if you saw the Reddit thread where somebody graded all of our power yeah. rankings. You didn't do too bad, to be fair. I think we all did pretty good. Yeah, like third or fourth, I think. I yeah, am. we were yeah. all like top three. Everybody, we were we were talking in uh, in Yiska's Discord about like how we need to be like uh, some sort of like WWE stable where we're like the the Bullet Club or whatever. Like we need to have some sort of slogan and come in with like business suits on. I don't know. Oh, we can do like the the Mad Max stock uh, show. We can just be the three of us in the studio. Have you ever seen that? No. There's a stock show on like MSNBC with this guy like named Mad Max, and basically he's just like this super obnoxious or Mad Money, Mad Money, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes walking around, and basically we'll just have the three of us walking around in a TARDIS-looking Overwatch-themed thing. Mashing buttons and, te- you know, buy now, sell now. Yeah. Pull pull the levers and pushing buttons that don't really mean anything to come to our conclusions. Yeah, yeah. Something. So, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see about <laughs> that. All right. Let's go on to the last one. San Francisco Shock versus the Defiant. Um, I do have Shock on this one. Yeah. Look at that. Look at Joe, man. I don't uh, want to have you, shock. Do you want to not want to feel like her at your friend's fee-fees? Kinda. That is, I mean, it's pretty on brand for me, let's face it. Um, yeah. it they, they, they came into the season. They were nervous. They're coming to the stage. I don't know. You know, I can ask Broy numerous times, are they going to be nervous? No, they're not going to be nervous. They say they're going to be fine. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, buddy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to be close, but I think San Francisco has the stage, you know, the playoff potential. They, they've played on the stage before. They've prepped for these teams before. Um, they come in with a very clear style. Defiant has ended looking better. 
but San Francisco has had that consistency. They they have the experience. They haven't shown any kind of weakness. Um, I, you know, I have to go San Francisco. San yeah. Francisco. All so right. I think the defined can make it closer than one hundred percent. One hundred percent. My like my gut feeling tells me. I suppose that's weird. Maybe I have two guts. Makes sense also. Um, but <laughs> it's like. Is that so like a cow? On, on paper, no, cows have multiple stomachs. Which I stomach is hearts. a gut, right? What's the animal with No. It is stomachs, you're right. Uh, I'm gonna go back to time, my math Time Lords have learn. two hearts. Oh is is that what I think of and they maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. There are some I think they are uh, there are people who can have two hearts. There's a genetic really? yeah, I think so. Hmm. Um but yeah, I th it's like, I think the shock is still sort of in this mumbo jumbo where they still haven't, you know, then the teenage stage, they still haven't quite figured out who they are. And their set strategies are pretty sick, though. Like the King's Roll rollout with the Hammond, the, the set uh, positions for Architect, like they are a step ahead. Have they shown that? I don't think so. I think they've they're much like Paris, and I don't think we've seen them really catch their stride and continue like with momentum. If that makes sense, like they they haven't met like peak shock, um, or we haven't met peak shock yet. I don't think they've played up to their potential. And to be mm. fair, probably if if they didn't play NYXL and Titans in the same stage, we'd probably still be looking at a five and two, six and one. Yep. Yeah, they play anybody different. I think this this is like I think this these two teams are very much within the top five. Defiant, I need more time with. I need to I need to yeah, see the, them yeah, iron out a lot of the problems. You know, they they barely beat Outlaws. They lost to Rain. They did beat Boston. They lose to NYXL. There's a lot um, of asterisks on a lot of those like those games though, yeah. Poor yeah. games where it's like, well, Neko wasn't in and it's their first time on stage. Like we know they were nervous. When does that stop? And that's why stage experience two. and just consistency. Stage two, exactly. So I have to give it to Shakir. Mm, yeah. yeah. It will be close. Mark my words. It, this will be a close game. I think Shock pulls it up though. I do. Yeah, I think it it might feel like a close three one. Yeah. yeah, one of those where it, yeah the the final score each match count. is going the distance and you can't yeah yeah mm. I definitely I definitely do see that that's fair we went through those faster than I thought we would do you want to kind of like go into what our semis would look like do you want to go that far so semis then are going to be. NYXL versus Shock. Well, it's going to change. No. no, no. No, no. It's going to be Titan Titans against Shock. Yeah, Titans, Titans has the first seed regardless. They, they're yeah. seeded. Titans has first seed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Shock would be the lowest seed in the quarter. Quarters. Uh, sorry, in the next. Is that true? In semis. Yeah, because they. Wait, is that true? Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Let me look. Because Boston's not going to make it in, and they eliminate, eliminated Seoul. Yeah, so you're right. Shock barely squeaked in, and they're they're right below Atlanta. It yeah, looks so like. it's Titans and Shock, and then NYXL versus Fusion. Yeah. 
depending because I think uh, Yiska has Yiska has Philly, Philly going through. Yeah, so we Philly, have, we have Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta. So, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so what would the matches be? Just so that I can write this down. NYX, uh, would... so it'd be Vancouver versus Shock, and then NYXL versus Atlanta Rain or Philly. Or is that... Philly. Already the semis look very good. Hey, yeah, if, if Philly comes out and can rematch against NYXL, that's a yeah, that's a nice rematch. If if uh, we're subscribing to Yiska. And then also Vancouver against Chalk will be uh, very interesting. Nice rematch from uh, the yeah. regular yeah. stage. Craig, they, they did play. Yeah. I was there at the watch party for that against one. That his... wasn't fun. <laughs> Harsha against his ex-girlfriend, so to speak. Yeah. I was like, who did he take? Say that? I'm like, <laughs> is that... Should you be he's, saying that? He's a think... coach in Overwatch League, dudes. <laughs> Do you think he's dating anyone? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I've seen that that video from Crumbs. Apparently, time. there's a lot of dating going around in esports. So, oh, damn. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, so let's take uh, Titans Shock. I mean, I I want to see Shock win that one. I just don't. I just don't think they can. I just don't think they can. I had yet. Shock in the regular season beating them. I did too. But I also like I had Titans, I think, at like six or seven in my power rankings, and they're obviously better than that. So, yeah, you know, uh, what are you la- what are you giggling at? Jeez. Hmm. No, just, I'm just laughing. Just uh, see the direction you're looking and starting to giggle is like. That's a little bit, you know, suicided by looks. <laughs> True. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. This is a great impromptu. I think Titans has the, yeah, I think Titans has the, the amount of time to prepare for anything that, that shock could throw at them. And I think shock would then lean on the DPS comps that they've been historically pretty weak against. They have the, uh, the roster to be able to field multiple DPS, you know, rascal architects, Baby Bay, they've got, you know, a handful of DPS players. That's where I would probably tend to lean the direction that they would go. I think Titans has the time to prepare for that kind of stuff. I think they've they've realized that this is a weakness of theirs and they've been working on it since Chengdu. Uh, I think it's Titans. I think it's Titans that pulls it out close again. It's going to go... All of the games. I don't know if this is a best of five. I think it is still correct. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think it's just the uh, grand finals are seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think this is all three games, all five games. They're going to be close, no matter what. But yeah, Titans one. Yeah. I already hate hated best of sevens in Apex. By the way. I don't think it makes for a better match or a more no, fair it doesn't. match. Like, it like really that's doesn't. the idea of a best of seven is like, if these teams are really close, let's make them. Yeah. But it, it's just Overwatch, I don't think really works well that way. All it does is just make it fatiguing on the teams and the viewer. And the viewer. Yeah. That's the, like, everyone's just a puddle 
at the end of the match yeah i will and say i was never a fan of like the way that they ran the finals last year i i would agree that that's fatiguing where it's like okay we're gonna play a match now and then we're gonna play a match tomorrow and then maybe we'll play another match i don't know like that that's very fatiguing to so, me if i have if i just have a block of time to sit down and be according like according okay, to liquipedia semi and finals semis and finals are best of seven <laughs> Hey, that's a lot of Overwatch. It's way too long. It's it, like, I'm not sure if it's, you know, like putting me to sleep, but it's like, I feel like there's a. It's, you should it's know also, by like map two who's winning. Like, I almost feel less emotionally drained from a finals. Uh, uh, from, a, from a regular day of Overwatch League, which could be six hours of Overwatch, then from a final series that is best of seven. There's just more emotion in, and then the, the, whatever is flooding through your blood just leaves you so drained after the experience. Yeah. And I think uh, even in the moment of success, it's, it's like a very different feeling. It's not as euphoric, I think. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the only best of seven that we really saw that was, and didn't it end up going to eight, was the runaway win, right? Like, that was one where mm. all the stars aligned and made that kind of like this really incredible seven series experience. It's the grand finals of the entire season, though. It's not your stage finals. And yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. just, it's, it's just different. The final two Apex seasons, granted nobody watched those, um, were best of sevens that went the distance and were pretty hype, I will say. You know, season three, Lunatic High almost losing on control maps specifically. They kept consistently tying and then they would go to a final control and then they won that control. Um, and then GC Busan pulling up the, the Royal Road with Profit pulling out Genji yeah. and Sideshow having a complete meltdown in Discord. I will also say it's it's a little weird, isn't it? It's like basically you're qualifying for a 100 meter swimming race by having two 100 meter swimming races against other opposition, and then you get to the final and suddenly you're swimming 150 meters. Like it's yeah. the 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 skill set required to succeed in either cases are so different, and we're not even selecting over like half the stage for the 150 meter race with like everything but the la last two matches are uh best of uh five technically because our you know four map thing plus a, a tiebreaker is a little weird in overwatch but effectively it's it sort of works like a best of five right yeah where you cases. still have to play out so mm -hmm. yeah the selection method is just so different it's very possible that other teams would produce way better uh, season uh, seven game series, even towards the lower half of the league, because, for instance, they have a quality to adjust to their opponents, but they lead a little bit more time or something like this, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm or not a maps. fan of. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yes. just the maps. Some just perform really poorly on some assault maps and better on the others, and getting to play I, both. Ideally, ideally, I would enjoy it. Right. I like in con concept, like I, I do want to see New York versus Titans in this, you know, best of 99, like to really determine who oh, is yeah, the best. For sure. Right. But that that's in a vacuum. We have changing map pools. We have, you know, sides that change. Maybe a team favors one side that kind of sets the pace of the game. Um, if like imagine a game like tennis, right? 
it's just me versus you. The court doesn't change. The rules don't change. Nothing changes. It's just me versus you in a best of 99. At the end of that, we should be we should have a pretty clear determinant of who is the better player, right? In a game where the court changes game on game, the the ball weight changes, you know, in boxing, the gloves may change, you know, d- depending on which way your, your promotion set up. Like it, the more variables you put in, I think the results c- can get skewed. And more often than not in esports, I think it tends to get skewed and we don't mm. end up finding the most truest victor. Yeah, I think, I mean, in the end, I don't think that a team that wins a best of seven, like, I I don't know if there's any scenario that a team that wins a best of five doesn't win the best of seven, if that makes sense. No, no, I mean. Very few, I would say. Very few. Like, and the the teams that do, they have to be so marginally close that you need those maps to, to make that swing that in your case? favor for the final four games that if it, if it was a best of five, you would have won. But because it's a best of seven and we have these back four maps, we now take the final four games in reverse. So, so many, for, for instance, like if we just take the Apex finals, just cut it off after five games, we have completely different champions. If I remember, like Lunatic High doesn't make it, I think, twice. Um, Runaway... Would have won season two. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Runaway would have season one, season two, three, one. If it was a best of five, they won control hybrid. They lost assault, and then they won payload. Apex mm-hmm. season three. Nerds. Hold on, I'm looking. Uh, Kong du Panthera wins first control. Lunatic High wins hybrid. They tie on Assault. It goes to a single control map. Kongdu Panthera wins that map, so they're up 2-1. Lunatic High wins Assault, so they're 2-2. They tie on the second Assault map. (laughs) They go to a single control map. Kongdu wins that one, 3-2. So they would have won. Yeah. Uh, GC Busan? Or... Busan wins control. Runaway wins hybrid. Runaway wins assault. Busan wins payload. Busan wins second assault. Okay, that would have been wins. same. Yeah. Okay. But we can already start to see there there would be some changes. To be fair, and yeah, mm-hmm. to to your to your credit, yeah, things would be different. So maybe maybe we're maybe we're off the cuff here. Maybe we're maybe we're missing the mark. I don't know. I don't I don't love it. I don't. I don't mind a best of seven grand finals yeah. to make it grand. I, it's not the hill I would die on, to be fair. No, no. There's other but bait. like semifinals, I'm like, yeah. dude, just let me True. play it, some it, Apex. Yes. Like, jeez. Yeah. Semifinals with reseeding, I don't think, like, from a production broad, like, from a broadcast point of view, you almost want upsets. So, like, reseeding goes against that. You want the viewers to have somebody to cheer for, you know. It you works in semis. Want... Probably falls off in the finals. To be fair, but you don't no want upsets. Yes. If... You want good, good finals. Yeah, yeah, you don't, and you also don't want upsets if it's clear that the format favors like underdogs or whatever. But like, yeah. you want close games that people are into for the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like that, I mm-hmm. think that's the goal: is that you have close games that everyone's invested in. 
um, from a fan perspective, from like an in-game micro perspective. So, yeah. All right, we got to get out of here, though. We're at time. This is a fun show. Oh, it was good. It was I good. liked that. I liked it, too. I can't wait to see uh, who we crown stage one. So just off the cuff, who wins stage one uh, playoffs? Uh, Yiska. Who's your, who's, who do you have taken it all the way? Uh, who? That's a hard one. <sighs> wow. See, I would like to see these teams play first before I make that call, but uh... no, I don't care. <laughs> if if the rest of the fans are going in blind, we're going in blind. Who Van- takes it? Vancouver. All right. What about you, Joe? Um, regardless of the winner, to be fair, I do want to celebrate something that is momentous. Um, New York will be reaching their fifth stage final in a row i think that deserves some sort of accommodation some sort of reward if uh if i'm remembering that correctly i think this is five in a row that they've reached the final at least they might not have won but they've reached the final um i don't i don't know how you you stop the the train of new york um titans have looked weak against multi dps compositions they're very obviously playing around bumper can they resource manage and play around somebody else? Can they play a little bit slower? Are they going to get caught into the spider's web? That is New York's play style that is very reactive and they want them to engage in it. And that's kind of what they play for. I don't think so. Um, New York has shown different looks. They can play with the somber. They can play without the somber. They can play normal goats. They can play Winston goats. Um, yeah, I think New York takes this uh, close-ish, but uh, I, I think they win. I, I've just learned not to disagree with Joe on this one. <laughs> Let's just throw the other guy to the bus. All yeah, right. I've just learned not to disagree with Joe on this. So I, I honestly am back on back and forth all the time. It, it is hard to be fair. It's very difficult. I gotta, this is like knife's edge. I think that NYXL is just such an individually talented team that I think that they they are the team that can make Titans bleed. Um, but I don't see the Titans being the ones to, um, actually like when, when challenged to be the best team. So I'm going to say NYXL here. All right. That's it. Let's get out of here. Thanks for hanging out today. Bye guys. I hope you had fun. If you are brand new, make sure to hit that follow button, subscribe on YouTube, um, subscribe to the podcast. If you aren't already. There's a button somewhere to that as well. Of course, we love your follows. We love your subs. We love your bits. We love you. We, we just love, love you. We love you. Expect something for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. It's it's March. I'm like, when? You're, when is, you're thinking when, very far in the future. Like, is, that's hey, 11 episode, months in like, the future. I'm so, I'm so long form that, dude, I have the next five years planned out. Wow. Or time does just doesn't mean anything to Dog, me. I got an e- you have two hearts. You are a time lord. <laughs> yeah, and I can't do math, by the way. <laughs> That's also true, yeah. What does math wowie, wowie, mean wowie, when wowie, there's wow. no time? Exactly, you know? It's it's all a construct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was something. <laughs> uh Joe, what do you have going on this week, man? Um pfft. 
if I can stop playing auto chess, um, I need to make some. I need to study Guangzhou uh, because I feel like they're a team that I'm not even entirely too familiar with in their place. I've done a little bit of light research. Um, somebody requested on on my YouTube channel, so be on the lookout for that sometime soon. Um, I'm still trying to figure them out. Um, interviews for contenders are always coming. Be on the lookout for that. I want to hype up this showdown. I want people to be excited for that because the end of the Overwatch season, this isn't the Overwatch League season anymore. The end of Overwatch's season is going to be intensely hype. We're going to have a ton of fantastic matches. So just be excited for that. I want to start now with the hype. Um, other than that, uh, follow the Twitter for all the updates and all the work and all the uh, videos when they come out. Sweet. Yiska, what about you, man? What are you up to? Um... I'm planning some interviews to close out the month, and then uh, I I got uh, a pretty cool piece coming out with like a lot of coaches who I asked what what they think the uh, new meta will be, and also pretty diverse opinions and from pretty like a wide set of different backgrounds in Overwatch, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'll probably also have to talk somewhere about why I think two 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 allows for more freedom than less and that would i think that's like a, an episode we should just like record and just save for like a rainy day that like the the ladder lock and the locking the game for two roles i think would be mm. uh, pretty intelligent across mm. the board so i think that'd be a fun one mm -hmm. sick uh, as for me, doing some more streaming right here. Uh, that Apex Battle Pass came out, so I've been doing a lot of Yeah, that what's your thoughts on that oh, before we man, close out? it is horse Yeah, it's, wasn't... It's so bad. Such an afterthought. Uh, yeah. Not my, not my favorite, but better than nothing, I guess. True. At the least there's game something is, to play like, for if, now. And that's the thing, is if you have a game that's fun, it doesn't mm -hmm. really matter. The, the game, playing the game is yes. the reward. Yes. And the rewards are more to just reward you for enjoying the game. Mm -hmm. There is a level of two of like, you know, oh man, I really don't want to play right now. And you grind through it to get the rewards and it kind of keeps you into it. I mean, like World of Warcraft for me is like definitely a game that's like that sometimes. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad it's in there, but man, it's just. Uh... I think my favorite comment on those skins that you get for either like uh, Wraith or whoever, it was like, it looks like they all painted the same house. Yeah. <laughs> like the color palettes are insanely close yeah. together. Like there's not much changing about them. There's nothing kind of vibrant. It's just like this very typical, like brown, very yeah. like earthy. Boring, yeah, they're just like, dull. yeah, it's, they look like, the, while their default skins look like colorful and exciting. Yeah, and happy, this one's just like a toned down. It's like, like, I'd rather play default. You can look like those army men that are just all painted the same <laughs> color in the bucket. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Intentional, unintentional camouflage. Yeah. So playing that between watching Overwatch League and finishing up this juice cleanse here, like 17 hours to go, and then I'm cleansed. Ugh cleansed then i am cleansed so yeah other than that just uh hanging out on twitter doing all that good stuff so very nice all right we're out of here make sure to sub to your favorite streamers and do good things chat you're excellent we'll see you next time bye